Victoria, dear. Lady Melisande's gentle voice held the barest hint of reproach. You may commence with pouring. Victoria blinked and realised that her mother had been sitting with her hands folded perfectly in her lap whilst their two guests waited with empty teacups. Of course, mother, I apologise for my wool gathering, she added as she raised the ivory teapot. Her mother's favourite, brought from Italy by her mother when she wed with Herbert, Lord of Pruitt Shore, was painted with images of Roman cathedrals. Formerly, the two guests at hand were Lady Melly's oldest and dearest friends, and they would not be offended by her daughter's lack of attention. Three weeks ago, Victoria's biggest concern had been which gown to wear to an evening's event, or whether, heaven forbid, her dance card might not fill up, or even whether she would land a suitable husband during her debut. But now, how on earth was she going to hide a wooden stake on her person? One couldn't just slip it into one's glove or down one's bodice. Not to worry, my dear Melly, I'm sure the chit is just a bit distracted with her coming out in less than a fortnight. Lady Petronella Fenworth smiled gently at Victoria as she retrieved her steaming cup. Of the three matrons, she bore the sweetest disposition, one that matched her delicate, angelic face and tiny frame. She reminded Victoria of a china doll. After waiting in mourning for nearly two years, I am certain she is finally in raptures that she is to debut at last. Indeed she is replied Victoria's mother, the celebrated beauty of the trio. I have great hopes for her on the mart, for though she is two years older than most of the others, she is certainly beautiful enough to catch the eye of a marquis, or even perhaps a duke. She looked fondly at her eldest daughter, who had replaced the teapot and now tried to appear interested in the ensuing conversation. Lady Winifred, who was the other of Melisande's lifelong friends, leant forward to select a biscuit with plump fingers. She looked up, her eyes sparkling with excitement. My sister by marriage tells me that Rockley will be seeking a wife this year at last. Rockley? The other two elder women repeated the name in unison, their tones bordering on a squeal, as if they were the eligible misses instead of Victoria. Since both ladies had been married for nigh on a quarter century, at least until Melisande had been widowed a year earlier, it was quite unnecessary and rather ear-splitting. Victoria, did you hear what Winifred said? Her mother repeated, grasping her hand. The Marquis of Rockley is seeking a bride. We must ensure he is invited to your coming out. Winnie, will your sister by marriage be attending? I shall see to it, and that she insist her husband bring Rockley. Nothing would please me more than to see our dear Victoria steal the heart and purse of the elusive Marquis of Rockley. Winifred, who had been widowed a decade earlier and was childless, had fairly adopted Victoria as her own. Betwixt Petronilla, Winifred, and, of course, Melisande, Victoria had three full-time mothers worrying about her marriage prospects. She was more worried about whether the small crucifix she sometimes wore about her neck would be enough to deter a salacious vampire. 
According to Aunt Eustacia, it would, but as Victoria had yet to come face to face with one of the creatures, she wasn't completely convinced. In fact, that had become her biggest source of distraction in the last few days. When would she see her first vampire? Would one simply leap out of the woodwork one evening, or would she have some kind of warning? A sharp rapping on the parlour door drew the tittering lady's attention from discussions of Rockley's physique and his income. "'Yes, Jimmons?' asked Melisande, when the butler peered into the room. "'I am in receipt of a summons for Miss Victoria to Lady Eustacia Gardella's home. Her ladyship's carriage awaits the young miss if she agrees to attend her aunt.' Victoria set down her teacup with a sharp clatter. More training.